So let's kind of get started. So for some of you that have never been on the conference call before, the first one we did, we talked about what ideal digestion looks like. And I walked you guys through, you know, the proper digestion compared to what the reality of our digestive systems are today, what it should look like and what most of us are dealing with daily day. It's a really good call and it really helps paint, I guess, the the groundwork or the framework of what these other calls are based around. So if you haven't heard that call, I highly encourage you to go online. As soon as you hit Avena's homepage, right underneath the banner, there's a little box that says conference calls. You can click on that and you can listen to them for free. You can download an app on your smartphone and listen to them while you drive. The second call, we dove into what the causes were behind detoxification and why it was so important that we cleansed our systems because of improper digestion that we're experiencing is actually causing a lot of the problems today. I would personally maybe go as far to say it's causing a vast majority of all the problems we experience today, which leads us to our third call where we start getting into more the solutions and how do we address these problems that we've experienced? How do we enhance the quality of life and approach health from a more holistic aspect. All right, so tonight's call is on probiotic. We picked probiotics first because I think it's one of the most exciting and one of the most interesting topics. Because 20 years ago, if you told somebody you were taking a capsule full of bacteria, they would think you were absolutely crazy. But today, the word probiotic is a household name. I rarely run into anybody that doesn't know what the word probiotic means. But I do run into the assumption that all probiotics are the same and it's got so many different choices and types and sizes and they're being sold in all kinds of different shapes and forms and it's really confusing what makes a good probiotic, what makes a bad probiotic and really what probiotics do and what they are. And that's really what I'm hoping to shed some light on tonight and by the end of the call you guys are going to be educated, informed consumers on probiotics. We'll feel empowered to be start knowing exactly why you're doing it how to do it right, and how to get the most results out of it. This is a wonderful time to be into probiotics and enzymes. We are at the forefront of learning on probiotics and enzymes. So probiotic is a healthy bacteria that lives inside of our intestinal system and is absolutely crucial. And I don't even think that we understand maybe 10% of how important these bacteria really are. Because in the last 20 years, we went from thinking all bacteria was bad for us and we had to rid the world of bacteria by these wonderful antibiotics to now refraining from antibiotics and trying to desperately preserve these healthy bacteria. Do you guys know in the last five years, we've done more research on probiotics and healthy bacteria than we have in the 100 years beforehand? This research that we've been doing and is continuing to being done is going to shed a huge amount of light on healthy bacteria. It is my personal belief that we are going to see some of the biggest advances in natural health come from enzymes and probiotics. And there's a very unique relationship between both enzymes and probiotics. I'm going to touch on it a little bit tonight, but next month we're going to dive into enzymes and I'll show you how they really work together. They can't really be separated. So history of probiotic. This isn't something new. Not like we've just come up with these new strains of healthy bacteria and we're trying to encourage everybody to try them out and see what happens. It's not the case at all. This is something that existed from man's day one on this earth. These bacteria actually outnumber us to cells in our body by 10 to 1. That's 10 times more bacteria in our system than there are cells. Another way of looking at it is, you know, we're only about 1% human origin and 99% bacterial. We should almost think of ourselves as a super organism. We all have these superpowers, I guess you'd look at it, as this unique form of hundreds of bacteria inside of our intestinal system are really extremely unique, almost like a fingerprint. Nobody has the same unique biodome 
inside of our bodies. How did our ancestors do it? Where did this come from? So when I when I step back and I look at history and I look at what's going on in the world, I see every culture out there had a form of fermented food. And fermentation was the main practice of preserving food before we had chemical preservatives. Every culture used different forms and different foods. The common denominator between all these cultures is every one of them recognized the power of healthy bacteria and made it a substantial part of every one of their lifestyles. And then came along science and we started to understand bacteria and we started to think that all bacteria was a negative and it was all damaging to our health. And so we went on this antibacterial rampage for many years or even generations. That rampage that we went on to try to rid the world of bacteria did a whole world of harm. Today, we are absolutely sure and positive that the destruction of most of these healthy bacteria have had a, a major and long-lasting effect on the positivity of our health. That should be concerning. And so most of our cultures have dropped all their cultured foods because they were afraid of bacteria. We started introducing antibiotics into our animal products. We started introducing antibacterial swipes and cleansers and cleaner products everywhere. We started using antibiotics in infants and small children and adolescents and middle-aged seniors. Pretty much every generation of humankind was getting antibiotics. And then there was even some gross neglect with antibiotics of overuse, misuse, uh, overprescribed. These are all contributing to the problem. In fact, recent studies show the average American gut microbiome is not as robust as it once was. And this deficiency may be at the root of most Western diseases, such as obesity, diabetes, asthma, and definitely allergies. Whether your, your internal ecosystem flourishes or suffers is 100% under your own control. Every decision you make every day you're making a decision to either support or suppress that healthy bacteria inside your system. If we take care of our microbes, they will in turn take care of us. What does the bacteria do inside of your system? We don't really know everything it does. We know a little bit. And again, this is where I'm excited for the next five years, the next 10 years, because I'm sure we're going to look back on this call and I'll be able to do two or three or four calls on the same information as we'll have so much more knowledge on this matter. So probiotic is supporting life with healthy bacteria and antibiotic is killing life and when they use that, it's designed for killing bacteria. So probiotic is something that is beneficial. In Canada, where Avena is located, you actually have to meet very stringent requirements to call a bacteria probiotic. And the U.S. is not quite up to this level, but I know things are changing there. Uh, just recently, Health Canada has introduced a whole different labeling and control system on its natural health products. Most of the probiotics are no longer meet the requirements to be called probiotic in Canada. The benefit here, I guess, is we have a better control over just healthy bacteria compared to a probiotic. Some of the key things we should be looking for in a probiotic is, does it survive through the gastrointestinal system? Because if you have to put special coatings or entretic covers or something on there to bypass your body's natural defenses to get it into your intestinal system, Maybe we should be asking the question why we're trying to get it into the system that when our entire system is fighting against it. What's the difference between strains? These are some, I guess, the questions I'm trying to raise. I'm also trying to struggle with how do I fit like five hours of probiotic education into like 30, 40 minutes for you guys without doing a poor job at it and leaving you guys with a whole host of questions. So let's get into like the nitty-gritty, I guess. Probiotics are a main level of defense inside of our system. They make up a massive part of our immune system. They're there to fight, defend, resist, and protect our entire bodies. 
need to have higher levels of probiotics. None of us have adequate levels of healthy bacteria. They're being assaulted every day. And that's the main contributing cause to why we're seeing the immunity decrease throughout all, all ages. You know, your senior citizens are sick more, your adults are sick more, your teenagers are sick more, and your young preteens and children that used to never get sick at all are now constantly sick. You see a lot of parents almost trying to bubble their, their children to prevent them from ever getting in contact with any kind of bacteria because they just don't have the immunity or the system to support that. One of the fascinating things that I really like reading and understanding is that probiotics actually teach and school your antibodies in your body to produce different antibodies to be able to be more effective at killing off bacteria, viruses, uh, funguses, retroviruses, parasites, you name it. It's a huge part of what we call immunity. And yet so many of us are not investing or spending very much time at all into making sure that our biodomes, our levels of healthy bacteria in our intestinal systems are adequate. Very few of us are eating fermented foods anymore, and even less of us are doing our own fermented foods at home. What else do probiotics do? Probiotics are another huge part of digestion. And if we actually want to use the word digestion as the dictionary definition makes it, bacteria are 95% of what digests your food. Enzymes, that unique, wonderful relationship that we were speaking of, does the other 5%. It breaks it down into easy-to-digest forms where that bacteria can properly digest it. One of the biggest things we talked about in the last conference call, decoding detoxification, was the putrefaction of undigested foods, especially proteins. So when proteins weren't properly absorbed, they putrefied with the bad bacteria in our intestinal system and converted into some very serious, ugly, and concerning toxicities like indole, scatol, cadaverine, putrescine, histamine, tyramine. Those are being caused by putrefaction of your bad bacteria reacting on those undigested proteins. If we could have higher levels of probiotics, we would actually be able to stop the putrefaction of these proteins by unhealthy bacteria. So not only is it a key part to preventing bowel toxemia and a huge level of diseases and illnesses, it's a major part of making sure that you get enough nutrients from the food that you're eating. For a lot of us that are spending the extra money to make sure that we're getting good quality food, we're buying organics, we, you know, there's intent and intention behind purchasing good quality food. If we don't have the proper levels of healthy bacteria in our intestinal system, we can't get the proper absorption and utilization. I had a discussion with somebody last night about, you know, the cost of probiotics and why should they be doing probiotics and not just food. And it came down to like what they started to realize that they're spending like $10 on a plate of food and a 25-cent capsule of probiotic could actually increase their absorption of that food greatly. That was a small investment into that plate of food with a huge return. Without it, you're actually looking at potentially a loss. So the, the costs become you know, justified and verified. Probiotics are a huge part of digestion is what we just went over. Probiotics are a huge part of defense. They protect your system against bacteria, viruses, retroviruses, funguses. One of the biggest funguses that people deal with today and most people are aware of is called candida. Candida is a level of yeast that is overgrown inside of your system to the point where it's causing negative reactions inside of your body. If anybody hasn't read this month's newsletter from Avena yet, this entire newsletter was focused on candida. How to tell if you have it, 
how to treat it if you do have it, how to use the probiotics, food suggestions, lifestyle suggestions. You know, it's a really good article. It's available on the website. You can just go under Embrace a Healthy Lifestyle and the option for newsletters. You can download the PDF or just look at it and read it online. I'm not going to spend too much time going into the details because you have that great resource available to you right there. They say over 83% of North Americans deal with candida. That's a huge number. A lot of us are consuming a lot of yeast-type products. We're eating breads, pastures, pastries. We've been on antibiotics before in our life. We've been drinking chlorinated drinking water or antibiotic-filled animal products to the point where our bodies don't have the healthy bacteria to defend ourselves, and we start introducing these levels of yeast, and they start growing out of control. And a lot of us just try to avoid sugar, when we start feeling like we're craving sugar and our body's needing it, and that's a lot of times that's the candida. The more we try to push that willpower to just avoid sugar, the stronger those cravings get. So the stronger we have to try to be, and then the stronger the cravings get again. And so it's a battle of willpowers versus the candida. Nine times out of ten, guess who wins? The candida. You need help. You need support. And that's where probiotics come into place. What are probi- you know, what are the differences between probiotics, I guess, is where we need to stem this conversation into. Because not all probiotics are made equal. In fact, there's vast differences between the probiotics, and yet there's very little information being given on the differences. So as a consumer, when you go into a, a health food store and you, you'll find the refrigerated section of the health food store is typically where the probiotics are stored, and they're, you're going to have a host of probiotics. And they're going to have all kinds of different marketing marketing gimmicks on them. One of the most popular one is CFUs. CFU stands for Colony Forming Units. It's a count of how many colonies of bacteria are in there that can form. And they're typically measured in the billions. So when you start off looking at like a 3 to a 5 billion per capsule of bacteria, it's pretty standard. It's pretty normal. You can get into the 20s, the 50s the 60s, and you can even get into like liquids like BioK that are giving you like 100 billion. Most of us are normally in that mindset of more is always better. I would much rather have 100 probiotics than 10 probiotics, or 100 billion in this case versus 10 billion. Logically, that would seem like that's the right answer. And to an uneducated or uninformed probiotic consumer, that's typically what it's done. Problem is, if you're buying 100 billion units of a very inactive or poor limited probiotic, they're not going to be able to do at all for you what maybe 5 billion of a much stronger probiotic could. And that's where we need the understanding. Typically, probiotics work by digesting sugars. And they're effective because the candida and bad bacteria in your intestinal system also feed off of the sugar. So what we do is we start a competition for a food supply. Your healthy bacteria is digesting the sugars that you ingest and the bad bacteria is in digesting the sugars you digest. What that should do is should cause a deficiency in sugar for the bad bacteria. And that would all be great and fine if that bacteria would just pack up and leave when it ran out of food, but that's not the case. You're, it wants to be there. It wants to be fed and it'll control your food craving. It's absolutely amazing how much bacteria in your intestinal system can affect and control your personality. Not just your personality, but your food cravings as well. And that's why so many people give up on these candida-type diets and lifestyles because you can't win just with willpower because they're not addressing the problem. The problem is the level of the unhealthy bacteria like the candida and the yeast that's in there 
all they're doing is helping to starve it more. If you have, you know, Superman's willpower, you might be able to beat this. You know, they'll start dying off, but they're going to be putting up the worst fight they possibly can before they admit defeat. What we need is a better probiotic, a probiotic that'll actually attack, digest, and consume that yeast or bad bacteria as a food supply instead of just leaving it there and hoping that it leaves. That's where we start getting into proteolytic probiotics. These are very different than most probiotics that you'll find in a store shelf. The word proteolytic means ability to digest protein. When you've got like lactobacillus acidophilus, uh, bogaris, KCI, these are all lactobacillus type versions of bacteria. Lactobacillus basically means uh, origin from milk. The lacto comes from, and then the second is typically going to tell you what kind of environment that it thrives in as part of the naming structure. So like lactobacillus acidophilus is going to tell us that it's a milk-based bacillus bacteria and that it thrives in more of an acidic environment. It's where you get the lactobacillus acidophilus from. This is a very common bacteria. You'll actually find this in most of your yogurts. You'll find it in most of your probiotics. Uh, it's typically labeled as L-dot acidophilus. Very cheap. This is normally what you're going to find very large quantities of. If you're buying 100 billion of any kind of probiotic, you're probably buying 100 billion units of acidophilus. And although it's a healthy bacteria, it's not going to be able to do the job that we really want it to do. It is like your weakest of your soldiers. It has the lowest life expectancy, and it has the least amount of abilities to it. Whenever you see the strains called like strain A, strain B, strain C, they're referring to acidophilus, bulgaris, and casei. That's your A, B, and Cs. What you don't often see is these high-grade probiotics like DDS-1. DDS-1 bacteria has been around for 40 years. It is the most well-researched and documented probiotic in the industry today. It actually holds several U.S. patents on its abilities. Some of its abilities are antibacterial, antifungal. We just talked about candida and the yeast, which is a fungus. It's antimicrobial. It's antiviral. Do that most medical systems still today have no medications or prescriptions to fight a virus? Antiretroviral. When you start getting into retroviruses, these are like the big bad boys of the virus industry. You've got the HIV, you've got the Rocher virus, you've got the T lymtrophic virus. These are the ones that are actually damaging and modifying our DNA inside of our system. When you've got a probiotic that's got patents around these very strong viral and antiviral capabilities, that's a probiotic that I really want. Not only that, it doesn't end there. It even goes into anti-tumoral capabilities. In the patent, they, they use the sarcoma 80 tumor model, which is our tumor that most of the cancer research is being done on right now. In every case in the researches, it's been found to help shrink tumor sizes. These are really strong probiotics. And Dr. Mercola once said on his website that if a probiotic does not contain a DDS-1, it's probably not worth purchasing. And so I've asked other probiotic manufacturers, why don't they carry the DDS-1? Why does your product not contain DDS-1 if it's so well-documented, it's so well-researched, it is peer-reviewed and backed up? And the biggest answer is cost. It is the most expensive probiotic on the market. And if you're trying to be competitive in a retail-type environment, if your product is sitting on a shelf next to 20 other probiotics, by putting DDS-1 in there pretty much puts you out of that price point of everybody else. 
and you no longer are competitive. I guess that's the problem if that's your only concern is selling probiotics. But if your concern is more approached around what Avena does, and that's actually allowing people to reclaim their health and experience holistic healing from the inside out, then you actually want the best bacteria. It's not so much about the price of the bacteria now, it's about the effectiveness and the quality. I think that's really what helps set Avena aside. What you're getting with Avena's Originals probiotic is a proteolytic probiotic. When I say that, I mean every single strain out of the five that are in there are proteolytic. So in comparison, in most of your health food store probiotics, you find zero proteolytic probiotic strains. In Avena's, you're getting the five strongest proteolytic strains in the market, including, in the highest quantity, the DDS-1, which is an incredibly powerful bacteria. There's a ton of good research in there. You guys can go look up DDS-1 probiotics, and you'll find a lot of really good information. There are other companies out there that are, that are carrying the DDS-1, but they're very few and far in between. Even if we grabbed all those companies that are producing good probiotics with DDS-1, let's go a little bit deeper and see where Avena continues to shine. Avena's probiotic is a combination of probiotics, and there's a very careful consideration when you're mixing bacteria together because they don't always all play nice together. You can't put soil-based bacterias into a, into a probiotic with gut-based bacterias and expect the two of them to, to combine. Not only that, but when you take all human gut bacterias and you start combining them, there's almost like building a football team or a fantasy football league. You've got the bacterias that make amazing coaches that actually improve the functionality of all the other probiotics in the bottle. But probiotics that are nicknamed and called like the ferocious warriors of probiotics. Well, you know what? If there's a bacteria out there called the ferocious warrior, don't we want him on our team? When we get into bacteria that are good for children, for adults, for seniors, for everybody, you want to build a bacteria very carefully. And this is where most companies really fail or drop the ball is most of them are just a bunch of good bacteria thrown into a bottle and giving you a combination of bacteria. And you actually build it properly and you spend the time to look at what the end result is going to be, you can produce a probiotic that is going to explode with healthy bacteria inside your system. It's going to be so strong that it can wipe out, destroy viruses, bacteria, funguses. It can rebuild your entire gastrointestinal system. It can help start reversing uh, degenerative type diseases caused by uh, putrefaction of proteins and malabsorption of nutrients. We, our body's going to support so much healthy bacteria that we really need to push the levels of bacteria far beyond. We can't just take one or two capsules of probiotics a day anymore. We are way too behind the eight ball in probiotics and healthy bacteria to, to intake such a small amount and expect it to do such huge things. What we see at Avena and what I've seen working with clients in my own family and my own use is try probiotics in large levels. Try probiotics in your food. Let's start taking 20 capsules a day for your first two weeks, then go down to 10 capsules a day for the next two weeks, and then cut down to five capsules a day for the next two weeks. And watch the differences that has compared to just taking two capsules a day ongoing. Almost like sending in one soldier to fight against an army of 1,000 soldiers. How effective do you think that one soldier is going to be? What do you think if you send in a 1,000 soldiers to fight a 1,000 soldiers? What would be the effectiveness there? When you're dealing with you being a probiotic, we could take that same analogy and look at it more like we're sending in a special forces, you know, Navy SEAL 
soldier to fight garden range militants as far as the effectiveness goes, but they're still greatly outnumbered. Venus takes probiotic manufacturing even a step further. You guys know that 99% of every probiotic I've ever looked into on the market, even the most expensive ones, will use maltodextrin. Maltodextrin is one of those forbidden ingredients in the Avena's quality assurance. We will not use maltodextrin anywhere in our formulas. Maltodextrin is a GMO product. It comes from corn. It's a simple sugar. It's a good food source. It's a good food source for your good bacteria. It's also a good food source, unfortunately, for your bad bacteria. That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me if you're trying to support healthy bacteria at the same time you're actually feeding the bad bacteria inside your system. Why do they all use maltodextrin? Because the companies that are growing the bacteria, so actually like these labs that culture the bacteria for the manufacturers, do it on a maltodextrin base. And it's extremely difficult to get around. Most manufacturers won't add maltodextrin in at the manufacturing stage, and so it's not even shown on the label. But when you start looking at how that was cultured, it was still cultured on maltodextrin. So you get a base of maltodextrin. And then if it's got maltodextrin on the label as well, it means you got a second or a double dose of that maltodextrin because it was added at the manufacturing stage. Avena goes a step and beyond. We really tried hard to avoid maltodextrin. And for a while, it was looking like that wasn't even going to be an option because growers or cultures, and I don't even know their proper term, laboratories that were producing this bacteria, that were willing to do, you know, a small lot on a special medium, something other than maltodextrin, because they would like to do it in very large volumes and then cut it down into small amounts and sell it off to all these different manufacturers. The only way Avena was able to negotiate a unique uh, growing base was if we bought the entire lot. So in our commitment to quality and our commitment to making sure that we get the very best probiotic, we were able to choose our own growth medium. And what we did there was Jerusalem artichoke. By introducing Jerusalem artichoke, which has nothing to do with the actual artichoke plant, it's a sunflower, but it's an FOS. So an FOS stands for fructo-ugiosaccharide. What an FOS is, is it's a food supply for that healthy bacteria. It allows that probiotic to thrive. It allows that probiotic to expand and grow and make sure that it maintains itself for a long period of time inside your intestinal system. We use Jerusalem artichoke. We support the healthy bacteria without supporting the funguses and the yeast, bad bacteria inside your intestinal system. That sounds like a really awesome thing to do. And so why aren't more companies willing to do that? Again, cost. Jerusalem artichoke is at least three times more expensive than maltodextrin. It's probably much more in reality closer to five times the price. When you're dealing with large corporations that are more interested in the bottom line and the profitability of a product, going out and getting the very highest quality baseline ingredients is normally not in their policy. To take that even a step further, any encapsulated probiotic will typically have magnesium stearate on the label. So this is where I'm teaching you guys to be smart consumers. When you're in your health food store and you're picking up your probiotics, look at the labels. Does it have maltodextrin in it? Does it have magnesium stearate in it? Magnesium stearate is a lubricant used in the encapsulation process of almost every powdered capsule fill in the market. Again, it's cheap, it's readily available, and manufacturers love it because it makes their job easier and faster. Avena refuses to use magnesium stearate in our encapsulation process. We go for the more expensive but far better quality, which is a natural beet fiber. It's not as effective as magnesium stearate, but it is effective and can be used. 
And then what the consumer gets is just a higher level of healthy vegetable fiber. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing for every one of us. And so these are some things that you don't see in any other company. You're getting an incredibly clean probiotic. You're getting incredibly high value of quality of strains. And you're getting no negative FOSs, no manufacturing byproducts like magnesium stearate. It's 100% whole food probiotic. It contains no soy, no dairy, maintains itself in the human and gastrointestinal system, and it flourishes. It actually thrives in there. It is one of the most effective probiotics I've ever worked with against candida or any kind of bacterial, viral, or fungal infection in the human intestinal system. I would highly encourage every one of you to give this a try. If you have not tried the Avena probiotic, try it for 30 days. And do kind of like what I suggested. Start strong. If you're going to go for four weeks, start at like 20 a day and then cut down to 10 a day and then cut down to five a day for the last two weeks. Watch what happens inside your intestinal system. If you guys are dealing with severe candida or any other kind of infection, H. pylori, E. coli, anything like that in your intestinal system, or you're just suffering with a massive amount of gastrointestinal problems that can't be properly diagnosed, probiotics are a huge part of resetting that digestive system back to where it should be and what it should be. Hopefully, by now, you guys have kind of learned that all probiotics are not created equal. You've got several different types. I often like to refer to like a probiotic triangle. So visualize with me a triangle. And on each one of the three points, you've got cost being one point, you've got quality being on another point, and you've got strength being on the third point. You can pick any two, but you can never have all three. So if you want something that is a low cost and a high quantity, it's not going to be a very good quality. If you want something low cost and a high quality, you're not going to get very much quantity of it. And if you want something that's a high quality and a high quantity and a high quality, or it's not going to be very cheap or very affordable. And so that's kind of that triangle. What Venus tried to do is kind of nail it towards the the quality and the quantity of the bacteria. We give you the middle range or average amount of quantity, but focusing mostly on the quality of the strains. The probiotics are going to grow inside your intestinal system and culture inside of there. You're going to produce the quantity that you need inside of your gastrointestinal system if you have the best quality probiotics. You're not going to find anything else like this on the market. Go ahead and compare. I'd encourage you guys, if you have probiotics, go to your fridge, go to your counters, go to your cupboards, Grab your probiotic, look for maltodextrin, look for magnesium stearate, look to see if it has the important probiotics like bifidum, DDS-1, planetarium, longium. These are strains that aren't very common out there because they're expensive. They are very effective. And when you put them together uniquely like Avena does, you get a synergistic formula. Synergy means something that's greater than the sum of its parts. In a unique combination like this, they're going to work better together than they would if you just took five or six different probiotics of individual strains. How do we use these effectively? You know, What do they look like throughout a day? Coming to the end of the call here, so I just want to make sure that you guys leave the call with valid information on how to do this properly. First of all, don't consume with any tap water that contains chlorines or any additive designed to kill bacteria. The main reason why municipalities add chlorine into your drinking water is to kill bacteria. Hopefully it's common sense that if you're taking a healthy living bacteria, not to follow it with liquid containing toxins designed to kill bacteria. So switch to a spring water or distilled water. If you guys are using a filtered water, make sure that filter is removing all the chlorine. 
And how do you do that? Well, that's really hard. You'd actually have to send out a sample of your post-filtered water for an analysis. And that's probably going to cost you money as well. So if you're dealing with a candida infection or any kind of you know, serious bacterial imbalance and you're really trying to bring it up with probiotics, switch to like spring water. For the amount of money you're spending for probiotics, to buy you know, good quality spring water is not that much of an investment. Second of all, let's keep it away from like commercial foods, commercial eggs, chicken, beef, you know, these type of industry foods are very heavily contaminated or tainted with antibiotics. These animals have typically been giving antibiotics every day of their entire life. Chickens being at some of the highest levels of antibiotics just for the environment and the disease that they face. My best recommendation for you would be to actually discontinue most of your animal products for a short period of time or switch to like local farm-grown organic meat sources that don't use any of the antibiotics, and you can actually talk or confirm that with the farmer that's producing it. Second of all, the best time to take probiotics is last thing before you go to bed. Then you've got like eight hours of uninterrupted use in your intestinal system for that bacteria to thrive and flourish. So right before you go to bed at night, take five to 10 capsules. This is your first time taking probiotics. I would even say start stronger. Go 10 to 20 capsules before you go to bed at night culture homemade foods. If you look on our website, you'll find a recipe called coconut almond culture. And it's just a young coconut. It's raw soaked almonds blended together with a teaspoon of probiotic in there. You let that probiotic ferment throughout that entire food. And what you end up with is like three or four bottles worth of probiotics in that culture. And you can throw that on your salad dressings. You can throw that in your smoothies. You can fill a bowl with some fresh fruit and just eat it. It's incredibly powerful food that is actually truly living food. When you look at that, you've got like anywhere from three to 500 billion living strains of healthy bacteria inside of there. These are what our ancestors did to have lasting, beautiful gastrointestinal systems, and it's something that we're not doing anymore today. Unfortunately, you guys can't just go to your supermarkets and buy fermented foods. Your sauerkrauts, your yogurts, your kefirs don't contain these healthy strains anymore. If they did, that product would continue to ferment rapidly on the store shelf. By the time you ever ate it, it'd be so fermented that you would never want to purchase it again. When you make this at home, you'll watch that happen. Day one, it'll taste good. Day two, it'll be strong. Day three, it'll be really strong. By day four or five, it's almost too strong where you don't even want to have it anymore. The best suggestion is make it and consume it in a couple days and then make it again and consume it. And the people that have done this, have completely radically changed their intestinal systems. They absorb more, they lose weight easily, their metabolism starts correcting, they don't get sick anymore. Probiotics are really, really important, but like I said at the very beginning of the call, we only understand a small amount, but what we do understand is so exciting. For the future of natural health, probiotics are gonna have a dramatic, beautiful experience of explosion. I think most of the advances in natural health are gonna come between enzymes and probiotics. I also did a conference call last year on probiotics as well that's on our website. It's under the Vienna radio section. You guys can go and you can listen to that. Uh, It's a conversation between me and somebody that's really interested in probiotics. We went back and forth, and he's asking his questions, and I'm trying my best to answer them. I highly encourage that call. Uh, That kind of wraps up the call for tonight. I have so much more I want to share with you guys, but it's going to have to probably be a follow-up call maybe uh, next time around. I'm going to open up the phone lines here and we can fire some questions to me. All right, everybody. Hit me with your questions. What do we got? Hey, Cameron. Go on. Hello. Hi there. I was just wondering, with the probiotics, with the 
Proteolytic um, is not refrigerated, so I'm just wondering the effectiveness when it's refrigerated and not refrigerated. Absolutely. So refrigeration is the best place to put it. So once you guys get it, put it in the refrigerator. Uh, using the strains like DDS-1 is incredibly powerful strain. Part of that patent actually shows that it is very room temperature stable. So like mild temperatures of like 21 degrees Celsius. Don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's like, I think it's around 72 degrees Fahrenheit. And now what Avena has to do is we have to prove sustainability on our probiotics. And so the probiotic is not kept refrigerated in our in our sustainability tests. So we take this probiotic that's just been sitting at room temperature for two years, we send it off to a lab, and it has to be within 99% of the original CFU quota. And our capsule is 6 billion. So two years later, I have to send that off, and it has to come back at like 5.99 CFUs. So that's something that we have to do as part of our, our maintenance program or sustainability to be able to set that expiry date on it. So it is very resilient, not saying that every single strain in there is going to be as resilient. And so you do want to refrigerate it once it's open and exposed to air, and especially the natural moisture from air. Put it in your fridge. That's going to get you the longest life out of it. Something else Sabina does is we do not stock years' worth of probiotics. We turn around probiotics every couple months. And so you're not getting a very old probiotic. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you so much. Awesome. You're very welcome. Thanks for asking. What is the difference between taking probiotics like at night just on its own and when you put it in food like with the coconut? What's the difference in how the body uses it? Absolutely. So probiotic in food is really going to focus a lot on digestion of food. By like culturing a food, you're actually starting digestion in that food before it even enters your body. That's going to make the digestive process a lot easier for your system. In a culture today where we eat, eat under so much stress, we eat under such you know harsh conditions that very few of us are sitting down and just completely de-stressing before we consume food. It puts a lot of strain on our, on our digestive systems. So by putting probiotics in your food, not only are you growing it in that food and increasing the qu- quantity of the probiotic, you're digesting that food and allowing a much easier absorption and digestion of that food. When you take it on an empty stomach at night, you're more working therapeutically. Because it is not interacting with your food, it is spending more time interacting with the bad bacteria, the yeast, the viruses, the retroviruses, funguses, etc., that are in your gastrointestinal system. Thank you so much, Cameron. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, everybody, for coming. Have a wonderful night. Next month on the second Tuesday of the month. Awesome. Thank you.